This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. What a night and what a win. To conclude the Super Wild Card weekend, Tampa Bay Buccaneers do it again to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, oh, what a night at Raymond James Stadium. A 32-9 victory. How many times down the stretch of the season do I keep saying dangerous team? And the Buccaneers certainly look like that in dispatching the so-called rival from Philly, which you've now beaten three times in a row in the postseason. Is it cry, Eagles, cry, cry some more? Is it buy, Eagles, buy? It's certainly not fly, Eagles, fly after Monday night football where the Buccaneers did the flying. The Buccaneer defense did the hitting. The Buccaneer offense did the scoring. Yes, it took a little while to put some touchdowns on the board, but uh, they finally did put this game away in the second half, and we're ready to relive all of it as the Bucs remain alive. One of eight teams still left playing football, 24 teams now watching the Buccaneers move on to the divisional round to play the Detroit Lions coming this weekend. More on that later because we're going to revel in this. We're going to love this. We're going to relish this. Here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast, your official recap podcast. Highlights from Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore uh, forthcoming. We are anxious to play those. Why not? After a win like that in last night's game. Uh, So excited. So excited for this team. A lot of young players. uh, A lot of veterans that have won the Super Bowl, by the way, mixed in with those young guys. One very hungry quarterback who is making a lot of people eat their words right about now. A team that's making a lot of people eat their words. Don't let history revisionism go on right now. Let's don't don't let people act like when they're giving all the love to the Buccaneers that you believe in this team, even when they were beating the Falcons and the Green Bay Packers in December, because the talk then was, oh, well, you know, they're going to fizzle out. They're not going to be able to do anything if they get in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get off the hook that easily. You don't get off the hook that easily if you were doubting even in December when this team beat Atlanta, beat Green Bay, beat, yes, Jacksonville was damaged, but still in the playoff hunt. You wipe them out, and people were still, oh, the Saints come in and win the game. The Saints have had a lot of regular season success against the Buccaneers. It's like, oh, same old situation here. The Buccaneers are never going to do anything in the postseason. Wrong. Wrong. Got the right matchup. Got the win. Full credit to the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Go Bucks on uh, Monday night. Anyway, thank you for finding us. Highlights coming up. My post-game interviews and conversations with Baker Mayfield, with Levante David, with Chris Godwin, with Coach Todd Bowles, and much more. You're going to hear all of that from our Hooters post-game show as part of 98 Rock Buccaneers Radio, our affiliates, Buccaneers mobile app. Man, that was a lot of fun to do in the middle of the night. I got to confess to you, as I do the show here on Tuesday morning, not a lot of sleep the host but guess what else worth it totally worth it to uh drop kick the eagles back to philadelphia once again um so again thank you for finding us however you've done so social media through the buccaneers mobile app wherever you get podcasts we're here after each and every buccaneer game looking forward to heading to detroit for this matchup we'll be back with nothing but bucks once again after the lions game and hopefully dare i say it shall i say it i am saying it Hopefully, we're talking NFC Championship game from a from a team that has pulled it together and become a dangerous team, a team that looked like on Monday night they had won five of their last six games at the end of the regular season. They all count. They all matter. 
And when Philadelphia was 10 and one, and a lot of people were talking about top seed, buying the playoffs, home field advantage. Uh, what does it look like now as they petered out, fell apart, and the Bucs weren't the only team down the stretch that took advantage. There were several other teams that took advantage. And the Buccaneers followed the blueprint in particular of the New York Giants in week 18, the 17th game, on how to get after Jalen Hurts and company. You play with who you have and all the crying and all the excuses about no A.J. Brown and injured defense and uh, no no coordinators. Your coordinators both left after the Super Bowl year last year. Guess what? You play with who you have. The Buccaneers uh, fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich and don't have Tom Brady anymore and went and found a brand-new quarterback with a brand-new offensive coordinator. And I'm going to say this a couple of times. $72 million in dead cap money that you chose to take the full hit on this year's cap. Swallow hard. Three bitter pills on swallowing hard on that dead cap. Couldn't go get free agents. Couldn't go get make, make trades of, of any note to help this team. And yet, look at the way they pulled together. Todd Bowles, his staff, Dave Canales calling the plays. Bowles as the, uh, the architect of that defense. My goodness. Too much pride from the likes of Levante David, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antoine Winfield, Vita Vea, Tristan Wirfs. All those guys are Super Bowl champions, by the way. Too much pride. Shaq Barrett, uh, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. You got a lot of postseason glory experience on this team, and they played like it on Monday night. So we're going to get into the highlights here in a couple of moments. We'll get to the interviews in a little bit. Uh, but as I sit here and reflect on this, I've been doing this a long time in this market. This is this is now 33 years that I have been on the air in the Tampa Bay market uh, here and in and around this Buccaneer team. And I have seen all the different uh, cycles, obviously, of a lot of losing in the 80s and 90s and then getting really good with Tony Dungy and John Gruden coming in and finishing it off and winning a Super Bowl. And then the Gruden era eventually flamed out. Why? Because you could not win at the end of the year and in the postseason. But then you come back around, finally, after the odyssey of the 2010s. You did have uh, one year with Raheem Morris when you were in the playoff hunt with 10 wins. You had another year with Dirk Cutter where you had gotten to uh, eight and five late in the year but then lost a couple of games, couldn't do it down the stretch of the season, much less get in the postseason and do damage. You finally get Bruce Arians and his staff together with Leftwich, with Todd Bowles, eventually with Tom Brady in year number two. And all of the stars that this team has had, numerous ones of which are still on this team, amazingly, they've held it together uh, after the Super Bowl win two or three years ago. And look at this team put it together at the right time in this 2023 season. Uh, I, I will just say uh, here, that, you know, another rationalization that I'm hearing uh, already as I do this podcast on Tuesday morning is, oh, well, you know, the Packers would have beaten the Eagles and, oh, the Lions would have beaten the Eagles and, oh, if the Cowboys had played them again, they would have beaten the Eagles. Guess what? There's only one team that got to play the Eagles. And the Cowboys didn't take care of business against Green Bay at home. That's a Green Bay team that the Buccaneers decisively beat at Lambeau, and the Cowboys were blown away, down 48-16 at home to Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. You play who's in front of you. Detroit played the Rams in front of them and barely got by, by the way. More on Detroit in a little bit. You play who's in front of you, and it doesn't matter who else would have beaten the Eagles. The only thing that matters is the Bucs beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football. The only thing that matters is the Bucs earned the division win and a home game and the four seed to be able to play damaged Philadelphia. And I got news for you. That Buccaneer team that played on Monday night, 
uh, head up against the Cowboys or the Lions or the Packers or the Rams. And I'm not even sure that the 49ers, 49ers would be a tougher challenge, but I'm not even sure the 49ers, be it here, uh, would have beaten the Bucs on Monday night. With the way the defense played, with the way that Baker Mayfield was executing, he was victimized. That's the, the, the word I will use. He was victimized by drop passes. This was easily, easily a 400-yard pass night for Baker Mayfield. But drop after drop. I mean, Kate Otten dropped a ball in the third quarter uh, that he's still running right now on Tuesday morning if he catches on the slant over the middle. He just didn't catch it. You dump the ball to Rashad White, who's going to have a 15- or 20-yard game with blockers in front of him, drops the ball. Mike Evans on a long one, love Mike. Mike's a phenomenal, phenomenal Hall of Fame receiver. He's the best receiver the Buccaneers have ever had. He dropped a touchdown in the first quarter. The ball perfectly dropped in over the shoulder, going to the corner of the end zone in the north end zone. He dropped the ball. Again, was May- was Mayfield perfect? He was not perfect. But was he victimized over and over again in the first three quarters of the game by drop passes? Yes. But you know what? He still made plays, getting the ball to Trey Palmer late in the third, but made a great throw, uh, a two or three great throws on key third downs, whether it was to Evans or to Otten, and eventually the long looping one to Chris Godwin. They all count. They all matter. And the Buccaneers ran it enough when they had to. And uh, it just put it on the Philadelphia Eagles, who are, yes, in disarray. It's amazing. It's a it's a absolutely amazing. They were in the Super Bowl winning the game in the fourth quarter about 50 weeks ago at this time, 49 weeks, give or take. And they had fans sitting at Raymond James Stadium with bags on their heads. Congratulations, Eagle fan. Congratulations on that. Class, absolute class. Uh, would you rather be the Carolina Panthers? Would you rather be the Las Vegas Raiders who who bumble? The Raiders seem like every year they bumble. They accidentally got in the playoffs a couple of years. They seem to bumble every year. Would you rather be the Arizona Cardinals right now? Perennially bad teams. Would you rather be the New England Patriots who appear right now for all intents and purposes that like write them off for the rest of this decade for how bad they're going to be, how bad their personnel is? Eagle fan. Would you rather be the Washington Commanders who don't ever win anything while I go down the list? Uh, or would you rather be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who own the Eagles' deed to their house collectively right now? We repossessed their car as well. Rondé Barber, tremendous hype video from the Bucs with Rondé at his uh, at his own uh, bar, pouring the drinks, toasting to the Eagles, holding up the football that he ran, the interception return back to close down Veterans Stadium. Classic. Absolutely classic. Yeah, we own the Eagles' home, their car. We might even own their firstborns at this point. After closing down Veteran Stadium, Brady and the Bucks, 2021. Wild card round up 31-0 in the second half of the game. Last night, pulling away up 32-9. I don't want to hear another word from Eagle this, Eagle that. Cry, Eagles, cry. I'll even go back to 79. I haven't talked to my man Ron Jaworski recently, but I remember talking to Jaws. About the Buccaneers of 79, the worst of first, Leroy Selman, Doug Williams, uh, Ricky Bell. What what a great afternoon that Sunday for the Bucs beating who? Cry Eagles cry that day at Tampa Stadium. We've owned the Eagles in the postseason, and it continues. And it couldn't happen to a better bunch, by the way. 
Uh, all right, so let's get into it. Let's get into what happened uh, here in this game and the highlights and the different moves and the different moments and uh, and what this team was able to do. Uh, again, the Bucks go on an opening drive with the opening kickoff to set the tone, and they're able to move the ball down the field. They get a completion to Mike Evans early on in this uh, in this opening drive. They're able to get another third down conversion. They get into scoring range, and I really thought for Adrian Hill, the referee and his crew, the two plays down on the goal line, Otten being grabbed around the waist on the second and goal play, not called, pass incomplete. Clearly then Trey Palmer being interfered with on the goal line, being banged illegally downfield, should have been a flag, should have been on the one-yard line, was not. So instead, the Buccaneers line up here and get the first points of the game right here to jump out in front. McLaughlin. Right-footed kicker, far side hash. The spot by Camarda. The kick is airborne, and it is good. The Bucks lead three to nothing. Good start. Sixty-five yards, twelve plays. Took five minutes off the clock. Got in some good rhythm. Got off to a good start. Uh, as Mean Gene called it here with Dave Moore on our highlights from Buccaneers Radio, and you're going to hear a lot of yelling and screaming and highlights uh, here coming up. You like those things? You like what the defense showed against the Eagles after they got an early first down? With DeAndre Swift running it for nine and then running it for two. They didn't run it much of the ne- rest of the night. Buccaneers then began to bring the blitz from all different directions. Defensive backs, defensive linemen lining up in different places. Outside pass rushers lining up as middle linebackers or down linemen. You were confusing the daylights out of Jalen Hurts and that offense. And they are forced uh, to, pl- uh, to punt uh, in that moment. All right, so now the Buccaneers get the ball back and immediately get rolling. Uh, David Moore catching a pass down the sideline for 22 yards. Then the deep shot to Evans that he didn't come up with on the first down play. Love the call from Dave Canales. Let's be aggressive. Up 3-0, throwing the bomb on first down. Then Rashad White ran through the middle for about three yards. So now you're facing third and long. And here you go with one of the plays of the night early on in the game. Moore goes wide to the right. In the slot, Mike Evans, and also to the right is Chris Godwin. Three good receivers now in motion. Moore trips to the right side. Here comes pressure. Baker Mayfield steps up, goes away. It's a caught ball inside the 30, outside the numbers. David Moore to the 20. David Moore to the 15. Moore still on his feet to the five, to the three. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Fire the cannons! Bucks lead nine to nothing. Most of that, the wheels of David Moore. Give him credit. Weaving through the Eagles' defense. I know it was pathetic effort and tackling, but the Eagles were without their their starting two safeties. You know what? So what? You play with who you have. And they obviously weren't interested in tackling, especially in the first half and really as this entire game rolled on. And that's not the Buccaneers' fault. And guess what? It doesn't even matter. It's not going to get written as an addendum here uh, on the Buccaneer a recap of the season. The, yeah, the, the Eagles didn't want to tackle in that game. Doesn't get written into the record book. It's just the Buccaneers scoring. It's a 44-yard touchdown. It's a 10-0 lead. And let me say this to the fans that were there in attendance waving the battle flags. Electric. That is as loud as I have heard Raymond James Stadium in the last couple of years. you got to go back to the Rams divisional round game and the great comeback in the second half. Brady, Fournette, uh, Levante, and Dominican Sue, Mike Evans, etc., what a great comeback. It was shaking that night, and I know the Rams ended up winning the game with the last second field. It was shaking. that It was close to shaking again on Monday night against the Eagles. You didn't really have this 
because you didn't get up on the Dallas Cowboys in the wild card game uh, a year ago. They got up on you. The crowd was not the same. So now at 10 nothing, the Eagles, they their body language exuded. They really did not want to be there. And it was quickly a three and out with Jalen Hurts being pressured, throwing incomplete on um, third down after being blitzed again. The Bucs have the ball back at 10 nothing, and you're thinking, you know what? You can, you can put a real psychological blow on them if you can go get a touchdown at 10-0. So the Buccaneers are back to try to make some things happen, make some moves, uh, etc. They're able to do so, work out of their own end. Uh, going back to work, Chase Edmonds gets eight yards on a second down. You then uh, line up right after that and make a couple of other plays. Uh, Mayfield is able to get you into range, completing another pass. Uh, Then you have a sack, and then you have another Chase McLaughlin field goal. So the sack took you out of field goal, or uh, took you out of uh, touchdown range uh, range on third and one. And I really thought that was one of the few mistakes Baker made. At third and one, where the Bucs may have been going for it on fourth and one, with a 10-yard lead, uh, I'm sorry, with a 10-point lead and in plus territory, he's got to throw that ball away. I'm just being, and he'll be the first one, I think, if he was right here talking to us on nothing but bucks, he'll be the first one to say, I got to throw that ball away because he drifted back with a rusher coming at him. Just get get rid of the ball and throw it away and live to fight fourth down and a foot. All right, it didn't happen, but you know what did happen? Chase McLaughlin, who once again lines up and does this. I mean, how many more times can we say money, 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 even from 50 yards away? The Buccaneers will bring in the kick crew, and Chase McLaughlin will attempt a 54-yard field goal. He made a 28-yarder earlier. Spot down. The kick is airborne. It's long enough. It's long enough. It's long enough. And it is good! Another 50-plus-yard field goal for Chase McLaughlin. Wow. As Mean Gene called it, that 54-yard field goal is the longest Buccaneer postseason field goal ever. Ryan Suckup previously had a 52-yarder. I would have thought Martin Gramatica had a 50-yarder as well in those postseasons in the late 90s and early 2000s. Nonetheless, you can't say enough about what McLaughlin has meant as a weapon. They all add up as points because now it's 13-0 where the Eagles are hurting. Yes, you would have wanted touchdowns, but give, give this team a lot of credit with what they were able to do. Uh, putting points on the board and then turning up the defense. All right, so the Eagles go down. They get a field goal themselves at this stage in the highlights. But back back would come the Buccaneers. Again, marching on a drive uh, on their own. Uh, after that, they would go on a 13-play, 45-yard drive, take another six minutes off the clock. Uh, and that included this. On a third-down play, Baker Mayfield with his feet keeping the drive alive. Third down, six. Mayfield has time. Tucks the arm, runs the ball. He's going to run to the 30. He runs to the 35. He has a first down. Wow. Gimpy ankle. Bruised ribs. He's got guts. Right decision. Able to make the first down run there on that play. And, uh, again, the intangibles, getting the Buccaneers in the right play, the composure, not turning the ball over, making key throws. Baker Mayfield's done all of those things. What an amazing story. Cast off by the Cleveland Browns, cast off by the Carolina Panthers, goes to L.A. and and wins a couple of games late in the year, but decides, you know, I I want a chance to start, comes to Tampa Bay on a bargain contract, on a $4 million base salary. Baker Mayfield, gutsy, gutsy player uh, for a lot of this game. 
And uh, again, give credit where to. How about this? Buccaneers stay aggressive here at the Philadelphia 42 yard line, including this on fourth and one. Buccaneers need one precious yard to hang on to the ball. Fourth down and one. Nobody flinches in a white uniform. Toss pitch to the left side, running as Rashad White. White's got the first down to the 35-yard line. How about that call by the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales? You figure quarterback sneak. It's a flip to the running back, and you get the first down. Rashad White banging through. That was an attitude moment. That was a message being sent to Philadelphia. We're going to do whatever it takes, running the ball, playing defense, kicking field goals to win this game. And it keeps that drive alive. It keeps the clock grinding. You eventually get another field goal from Chase McLaughlin, and you're back to a 16-3 lead uh, in this one. And feeling good about yourself. Yes, you would have liked some touchdowns. You would have wanted to have already been up at this stage, 20-3, 24-3. But look, you'll take being up 16-3. You've got some comfort. But this was the only time that the Eagles really showed life, late in the first half. There have been questions about Jalen Hurts' injured middle finger on his throwing hand. Uh, Hertz answered those questions to some extent with getting some zip on the ball down the field, including this moment right here, about the only life that Philadelphia had. Shotgun look, Hertz play action fake, drops back to throw, still looking, throws a deep ball downfield on the receiver in the area, caught ball at the five-yard line. Jalen Hertz throws a rainbow to Devontae Smith, and Smith beats two Buccaneer defenders and is snagged from behind before reaching the goal line. Huge play by Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. Their longest of the game. Again, Devontae Smith really the only weapon that they had at wide receiver as A.J. Brown was injured, could not play, injured knee. Julio Jones, the veteran who we had here in Tampa Bay. He's on his third team in three years. He signed late in the year with Philadelphia. Zion McCollum blasted him uh, to his uh, chest, shoulder to chest. Uh, Julio Jones ended up with a concussion, left the game. So Devontae Smith's really the only weapon, and he burned the Bucks there for 56 yards with that deep ball. They did get a touchdown on the next play. It's the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I'm not playing the Eagles touchdown on the day after the wild card playoff win. Instead, I choose to do this. Nick Sirianni, very curiously, uh, in this situation, in a 16-9 game that he can make 16-10 in the first half with a simple extra point, takes the extra point off the board because the Bucks had jumped offside. And now they elect to go for two, and this was another symbolic moment. The thing the Eagles are known for, the tush-push, trying to thrust into the low part of the defense and have Jalen Hurts jump over the top. Well, the Bucs were ready as the Eagles went for two from the one-yard line. Oh, were the Buccaneers ready. They got Goddard behind Hurts. They got the big guys up front. Bucks dig in, two-point try. The push-push, and I don't know if he got it. They have not indicated yet. He did not get it in. That's big. Again, full credit to K.J. Britt going up high, but the guys down low, like Vita Vea, William Golston, Elijah Cansey, got enough push where the linebackers jumping over the top, like Levante, like K.J. Britt could make that stop. And you know what? The Eagles didn't have the tush push the rest of the night, the brotherly shove. And the Buccaneers were ready. I talked to Coach Todd Bowles at halftime with the 16-9 lead. I said, hey, what's got to be better on offense? He says, finish drives with touchdowns. we got to have touchdowns in this game. He loved what the defense was doing, and the message to the team was finish the game, finish the game, finish the game. And that's what the Bucs would look to do. So the Eagles got the ball first. Everybody's wondering, okay, is Philadelphia going to make adjustments, come out in the second half? They were still the same damaged team that we saw 
at the end of the regular season, even out of the second half. And the Bucs were not going to let them get away, including on this first third down play of the Eagles' opening drive of the second half. Devontae Smith kicks the leg, both high snap, Hurts dropping under pressure, gets the, he's in trouble, he's sacked at the 15-yard line. Cancy. Elijah Cancy gave him a bear hug and drop number one. Second sack of the game. Another key factor in what the Bucs were able to do, a healthy Kalijah Canty, who did not play in the Week 3 Monday night game. Uh, Yaya Diaby played sparingly in that game as well. Diaby has come on. Canty is there. That's a different front with those two guys in there helping rush the quarterback. Bucks were all over the Eagles to start the game. So the offense got the ball back, didn't do a whole lot with it. They were able to pick up one first down and punt the ball back. Now the Eagles trying to make something happen on their next drive, but once again, the Buccaneer defense stands up, gets the job done, and forces the Eagles to punt away. So it's kind of a back and forth 16 to nine game. The Buccaneers take back over uh, with the football. They're they're not able to move it and now punt. And uh, as they punt here, they pin the Eagles back at their own 10 yard line. And that would ultimately lead after a, uh, a great play by Levante David. We don't have the highlight. He, he uh, slammed through the line, tackled Kenneth Gainwell for a six-yard line uh, loss. Levante almost took the handoff on that play. So now the Eagles facing third down. And isn't it interesting, the symmetry of all of this, playing Philadelphia in the playoff game on Monday night in a rematch of a Monday night regular season game. The Bucks backed up in their own end in the regular season game in the north end zone, end up giving up a safety, couldn't get out of the end zone. Well, you know, you know what's coming next on uh, on the revenge mode, and that includes this. Third down, six dropping hurts, dropping hurts, hurts is in pressure, trouble, in trouble in his own end zone. He's going to be sacked for a safety. Anthony Nelson did not give up and racked up Jalen Hurts for a safety. It's officially called intentional grounding, but Anthony Nelson able to get Jalen Hurts on the ground. I thought it was a safety live. I thought he sacked him. I thought Hurts was down before he threw the ball, whatever. It counts as two points. Cansey flushed him out. And really in that moment, you've got the momentum again at 18 to nine. You're about to get the ball back, which the Buccaneers did get the ball back. And uh, give credit where it's due here. Because after, after the free kick, it was interesting that they chose not to kick off. Uh, they chose instead the punt, and it was a line drive punt to Tompkins, very returnable, and he ran it 27 yards out to the Bucks' 38-yard line. So good field position, and it did not take long for the momentum to increase, to swell, to explode. You talk about Raymond James Stadium exploding. Here you go, as Mean Gene called it on Buccaneers Radio. From the 44-yard line, Mayfield throws the ball to the right side, caught ball, and a broken tackle by Moore to the 40, to the 35-30. David! It's Bray Palmer, Palmer to the five, touchdown Tampa Bay, touchdown Buccaneers, fire them cannons, Trey Palmer does it. Hatch and run for Trey Palmer, 56-yard touchdown again. He makes a guy miss on the missed tackle, and then the speed that we have seen from him at times this rookie season is turned on. Second gear, third gear, good night. And really, I know you still had a fourth quarter to go, but that basically is your knockout punch late there in quarter number three as you're able to get that in the final minute and a half 
That puts you back up now by 16 points at 25 to 9. And you could just tell again from the Philadelphia Eagles. They've been in disarray. They've been losing games down the stretch of the season at Seattle with a backup quarterback, losing to the Cardinals at home, then losing to the New York Giants in New York while they still were alive to maybe win the division, beaten decisively in that game. They were a damaged team coming in, but you know what you do to a damaged team? You stuff them in the garbage can and you seal the lid. And that's exactly what the Buccaneers did in this football game. Uh, Give credit where it's due because, again, the Eagles got the ball back. The Buccaneers, again, put the pressure on. I know uh, DeAndre Swift had a good run right at the end of the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, the Buccaneer defense turned up the defensive pressure. Eagles actually got in the scoring range and put a field goal on the board. And Nick Sirianni again. Uh, continued to do some puzzling things. He takes the field goal off the board at that stage with 12 minutes left in the game. The field goal is going to make the game 25-12. to 12. Yes, you still need two more touchdowns, but you would have a chance to win the game with the two touchdowns. You take the field goal off the board to go for it on fourth and five, and it doesn't work. You need two touchdowns, two two-point conversions to just tie the game. He took the points off the board. The Bucs are able to bat the pass down with Carlton Davis once again, bringing the all-out blitz. Three guys bringing the blitz. Hurts throws early, can't get the ball to Devontae Smith, and you really sensed at that point the Buccaneers got a great chance to put this game away, and that's exactly what they were able to do. Much like Philadelphia hammered the Buccaneers in the final nine minutes of the Monday night first game in September. Buccaneers went to work. Payne Durham a catch over the middle for 18 yards. Uh, then Chris Godwin on a slant. Then third down and five. Kate Otten catches the five-yard pass. Uh, you're able to run the ball some and run the clock. You try to long shot to Mike Evans. He gets 19 yards down into Philly territory. You're running the ball with Rashad White to get a first down. Philly's trying to burn their timeouts. Just give the Buccaneers credit. They played bully ball against the guys that had been the bully in uh, in September. Roll reversal and revenge on the on the phys- on the physical play against the Philadelphia Eagles, doing to them what the Eagles had done to the Buccaneers. Great job on a drive that ended up taking six and a half minutes, and it would culminate here. You want the dagger? You want the nails in the Eagles' coffin? Goodbye, Eagles. Goodbye. Blitz threatened. Here it comes. And Wayfield throws it up for grabs. It's caught. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Chris Godwin. Oh, my goodness. Buccaneers get a great throw under pressure and a 23-yard touchdown. 23 yards officially for Chris Godwin. Baker Mayfield becoming the first-ever Buccaneer quarterback with three touchdowns, passing, and a 300-yard pass game combined in a Buccaneer game. And again, he deserved a better fate with all the drops earlier in the game. Easily 375, 400-yard day uh, for Baker Mayfield. But you take it there to Chris Godwin, and you'll hear from him in a few moments during our recap podcast as that's the clincher. And Philadelphia at that point knew they were done. They got the ball back. Again, uh, pressure on Jalen Hurts. They had another fourth down there in the uh, in the final moments. And uh, give uh, give the Buccaneers credit because the defense, time and again, just stuffed the Eagles. Uh, on the third and 18 play, Zacchaeus got five yards, but then on the fourth down, uh, Hertz is hurried. He fires to DeAndre uh, to uh, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith nowhere near the first down marker on fourth and 13. That shows you that, I mean, the Eagles were toast. They were toast really in the entire fourth quarter of this game. And the Bucs get the ball back and basically run the clock out 
uh, for a 32 to nine emphatic win to close out the six games of the Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's hear it for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as uh, this team showed up large when it had to, won the Eagle game that mattered, three straight postseason wins over Philly now, shutting them up once and for all yet again off of this season. Uh, the Buccaneers, the only NFC playoff team to make the playoffs four years in a row, say goodbye to the Eagles. It also guarantees that I, I think I saw this. This is like for the 10th year in a row, a different NFC team will be in the postseason uh, ever since Seattle, 2013, 2014, because the Eagles are gone. Did we mention this? Gone. Bye, Eagles, bye. Goodbye. Uh, cry, Eagles, cry. Cry some more. Again, bags on their heads sitting in Raymond James Stadium. Class bunch, the Eagles fans. Uh, you got to love it. You got to love the dejection and leaving the stadium quietly with Big Dom, the head of security, uh, doing the funeral walk with Nick Sirianni across the field into the locker room. Beautiful sight at Raymond James Stadium as the Buccaneers put the finishing touches on that one in the second half in a game that really should not have been that close uh, at the end with what the Bucs were able to do, but you'll take it. It writes is 32-9, to nine, and you move on now to the divisional round of the playoffs. All right, so when it was done, love this. Love this after postseason wins like this. What a great opportunity to go inside the Buccaneer locker room on the Hooters postgame show. Let's hear from the happy quarterback. What a redemption story for Baker Mayfield. Let's hear from Chris Godwin as well, who helped clinch this game. Uh, a tremendous night uh, for the Buccaneers, and these guys were obviously thrilled to talk about it. Congratulations on the win. Why, why did this team and how did this team do this tonight? Um, had a great game plan coming into it. Defense played lights out. Chase McLaughlin yet again, special teams-wise, nailing it. Um, we, I mean, we, we had everything we wanted offensively. We can definitely execute better, but everybody was just on the same page. We played for each other tonight. The two catch and runs, one by David Moore and then the one in the second half to Trey Palmer, both huge plays. Describe what they did after the catch on both of those. Um, I mean, Trey Palmer made one move. You look at the picture on the sideline from the surface, it, three guys in the screen and he made one move and outran him. I mean, he's truly, truly fast. And then uh, David Moore he made a couple moves. I'm not really sure what he did, but he's he's so good when he got the ball in his hands and he's tough to bring down. That's the biggest thing. He's he's really, really strong with the, with the ball. This game was 16 to nine, and then you took it over as a team. Why in the, in the stretch run? We just, we needed more touchdowns instead of field goals. We didn't execute the best. Uh, it could have been a lot bigger early on, but um, we, we knew that we had everything we wanted there. We just needed to execute better, and we stuck to the plan. It didn't change anything up. How gratifying is this for this team, where a lot of people didn't believe in this team? You get into playoffs, you win a playoff game tonight. Uh, it, it's very satisfying. We're happy about it, but this is we got bigger goals, and so um, they got us early on in the year, and so did Detroit. So we're on to Detroit, and uh, we'll be ready for them. You knew where I was going next. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well done by Baker Mayfield, who finishes 22 of 36, 307 yards, and a late touchdown there to Chris Godwin to help seal things as the Buccaneers have gotten a playoff win for the third straight time over the Philadelphia Eagles in the postseason. You can hear the music playing, the celebrating going on here in this locker room. We'll keep it right here for the moment with the Bucs having put this game away, really in the final drive, the clinching drive that put this game away, ended with a Chris Godwin touchdown catch Chris is right here with me. We're live on Buccaneers 
Radio. I just talked with Baker Mayfield a second ago and asked how and why did this team turn it on in a 16-9 game, Chris? Man, uh, just uh, it's the story of our season, man. Just perseverance, uh, a lot of gritty guys. We understood the situation. And we understood that in order for us to be successful, we had to play together, and that's what we did today. You had some field goals instead of touchdowns early. What was the talk at halftime and in the second half about finishing with touchdowns? Yeah, I mean, it was really just that. Like, we understand that when you're playing in the playoffs, playing against good teams, you need touchdowns and not field goals. So we are just, like, focused on, on doing what we could on each play and then finishing in the end zone. Is there a better feeling in the world up by a couple of scores in a playoff game at home? To have your number called, have the ball coming down to you in the end zone, describe that feeling. Uh, nah, man, it's not, there's not many better feelings, man. Um, it's been, it's, it's a long year, like the football season is long, and to be able to, to make a play to help my team, you know, advance to the next round, it's a blessing. Um, it's great for to be here. And you guys just got revenge on the Eagles. You get a second chance at revenge in Detroit coming up this weekend. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point, you know, but it's a, it's a great team that we're going up to play. In a, in a great atmosphere, so we got to do everything we can this week to make sure we're ready for what we're, uh, we're going to uh, experience up there. It's going to be a big week for us. And again, as we play these interviews off of 98 Rock, our flagship station, Buccaneers mobile app, and the Hooters postgame show, don't let people revise history here because there were so many saying Buccaneers were going to be a two- or three-win team. Uh, Peter King, uh, legendary writer, not-so-legendary prognosticator, picking the Bucks to win two or three games. Uh, SI.com that had the Buccaneers to win three games, three and 14. Uh, ESPN with their first take show with the great Stephen A. Smith. Hey, Stephen A., you're a Philly guy, you're a Philly guy right? You're, are you a Philly guy today? Are you going to own the Eagles today? Uh, Stephen A. Smith saying, I, I just don't see it with Baker Mayfield. Uh, do you see it now, Stephen A., with Baker Mayfield? Uh, the, the ESPN first take show that did the debate with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the number one overall pick in the draft. Back, back in July and August on one of their shows. Uh, hey, at least for the Monday night prognosticators on the Monday night countdown show with Scott Van Pelt and uh, Robert Griffin III and Marcus, they were all picking the Buccaneers last night. That was kind of like a bad omen, but they all at least were on board last night. The Bucks at home would get the win over the damaged Eagles. So be it. But all these different people that were even saying after the Saints game, See, the Bucs are a fraud. The Bucs will get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, wrong. The team that won five of its last six, that beat Atlanta at Atlanta with everything on the line and damaged the Falcons and, and eventually helped KO the Falcons out of the playoffs, that went and beat that Green Bay team, that did what they did to the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, this Buck team went to Lambeau and played fantastic football and buried that Green Bay team. I know the Jaguars were already stumbling, but you finished them off. Like the right hook that laid them out was the Buccaneers up 30 to nothing on the Jaguars, who at that time were 8-6 and six when they rolled in. How much more did you have to see that the Buccaneers were a different team at the end of this season? Well, you saw it again on Monday night. That is six wins in the last seven when it matters the most. Let's go back to, again, some more of the conversations, including Levante David. Uh, after this game is over, we're going to hear from him on the defensive side of the ball, Anthony Nelson on that sack safety, and Coach Todd Bowles. Hear from them uh, right now as part of our Hooters postgame show, victorious after the wild card win over the Eagles. 54, we are live on Buccaneers Radio. Congratulations on the playoff win tonight. 
what did you guys do so well defensively in this game? Maybe it was a couple things. Yeah, I mean, we just stayed the course, stuck to the game plan. You know, we executed really well. You know, uh, we know this type of game that, you know, we got to fly to the football. You know, uh, we knew they did that, what they did to us first time. So we had to uh, have a mindset for that. And uh, everybody came with great energy and came playing, playing, playing the way we need to play. Certainly they came out in the second half. They finally got a touchdown. They got the game within one score. What's the conversation? What's the mentality from there on out as you guys basically shut them down the rest of the game? Yeah, just, you know, um, just bad ball on our part, giving up that big deep ball that you know we kind of hang our hat on, not giving up deep ball, and then miscommunication down there in the red zone when they got the, uh, the tight end went to the end zone. So uh, once we got that fixed, you know everybody got back on the same page. We was able to lock back in and uh, take over, try to take over. You are one of the veterans that has obviously won a Super Bowl, is now in the playoffs for the fourth straight year. What's the confidence level right now of this team, especially with the young guys? Yeah, confidence, you know, man, you just get an opportunity to play, play the game. You know, uh, that could give you, should give you all the confidence you need. You know, getting an opportunity to play this game, you know, there's only a, a few teams that make this position. So uh, we know what the end goal is. So uh, the confidence is, uh, just comes with uh, being able to have an opportunity to play the game. This was revenge tonight against the Eagles. You get a second chance at revenge with the Detroit Lions coming up. It's time to focus on them now, I'm sure, right? Yeah, definitely time to focus on them. You know how this is, man. Play the playoffs, playoffs, one game, and keep on rolling. You know, uh, we got to go to Detroit. They're a great, uh, great football team, hostile environment. You know, we did, they did to the first game. So uh, definitely got to come prepared, play our best game. I love doing this. We're live. You got a message for the Bucks crew listening on the postgame show on Buccaneers Radio. You want to say anything to them and how loud they were? I mean, yeah, man, it was amazing. Great atmosphere tonight you know everybody everybody came ready you know uh our fans you know overshadowed a lot tonight uh, we felt the energy and uh, we definitely appreciate it congratulations thank you again levante david part of this 32 to 9 victory he was everywhere on the field uh, in this game tonight 54 ends up with 10 tackles a tackle for loss a pass breakup of course anthony nelson also had the big sack in the end zone. In fact, we'll move over towards Anthony Nelson here and see if we can get a microphone over here to him. Anthony, we are live on Buccaneers Radio. Congratulations on the victory. I was just talking to Levante David about this. One score game at 16 to nine. What's the conversation? What's the mentality? What did you guys improve on for the next quarter and a half to put it away? And we just talked about staying aggressive. Um, you know, we missed on some execution on a couple of plays, um, but overall we stayed aggressive the whole the whole day. Uh, we were aggressive in the you know in the first half. Um, like I said, slipped up a little bit, but um, just keeping our foot on the gas was really the uh, the big thing and the big message from Levante, uh, making sure we're communicating and, and attacking. And real quick, describe your play on the sack in the end zone. You got Jalen Hurts. You wrapped him up. You got the sack on the play. Huge momentum play. Yeah, it was a good play. It was a great rush by Kalaja. Um, he got up in the middle and uh, forced him to scramble around, and luckily I was there to chase him down, and, and uh, it was a big play for us. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it really sparked us and, and, and gave us a big lead, so it was, it was awesome. Congratulations. Great play. Thank you. Again, the Bucks and Anthony Nelson got the safety. That's the first ever safety in Buccaneer postseason history. Anthony Nelson gets it tonight in the third quarter of this game. It helped with the momentum, and the Buccaneers go on to get the win. 32 to 9 to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. And head coach Todd Bowles is now available with us immediately after this is over. What a performance. You put it together for four quarters. Congratulations. What are you most proud of? Maybe a couple of things that you're most proud of out of your team tonight. Uh, we did a better job uh, defending the run against those guys. I'm proud that we ran the ball and we didn't turn it over, and those guys played as a team. 
and got a team win. Very proud of that. As I was just saying to uh, several of the guys, this is a 16-9 to game that maybe could have gone either way. You guys, from there on, from what we saw, played with poise, played well. What does it say for the maturity of your team to accelerate and put a game away that could have gone either way? Uh, great resolve, uh, great team chemistry, great getting after and not giving up, won't even flinch. They played till the whistle, they played till the end of the ball game, and very proud of the way they showed up. Some specifics here. How about Trey Palmer with the catch and run? That was an enormous play at that point as he gets into the end zone. From your vantage point, I know it's on the other side of the field, he broke free and goodbye from what we saw. Outstanding play. At first, I thought they were going to tackle him, but when I saw him put it in second and third gear, I knew he was gone, and he made a heck of a play, a heck of a play. We were just talking to Anthony Nelson, and he ends up getting the sack in the end zone. They called it intentional grounding. It was close enough to a sack. That's a big momentum play as well. Say something about that young man, and really the pass rush as a whole in the second half improved and improved, did it not? As Rush got after it, I mean, we hurried a bunch of throws. We got the ball out of his hands. He didn't really kill us running the football, which was important. Nelson keeps making the right play at the right time. He always shows up. He's Johnny on the spot. Very intelligent player. Plays with a high motor. Even though he has a baby face, he plays very tough. You know, I know you want to win any playoff game for any reason, but this was revenge against the Eagles as well. Is it extra sweet to sit here in the aftermath and know that you got this done against Philadelphia as well? It could have been anybody over there. It was a playoff game. We wanted to win the ball game. The fact that we had a better showing than we had the last time we played them on Monday night, you know, that was great for us. Baker Mayfield becomes just the second Buccaneer quarterback with a 300-yard pass game in the postseason. Some guy named Tom Brady has the other three. So he joins TB12 with that. Assess how he played, including the clinching touchdown to Godwin there late in the game. Played outstanding football, didn't turn it over. I was hitting guys on the dime. We dropped a couple. He would have had a better rating than that. And he came back and kept going to him over and over. Very positive on the sidelines. Uh, got sacked a couple times, got up, played through toughness, played through pain. He was very, very accurate, very proud of him. Two other guys that stood out to us, and they really have down the stretch, Kalijah Kansen, Yaya Diaby. They were not... Uh, factors. Kalijah didn't play in the first game with the Eagles. Diaby didn't play very much in that game. How big a difference do you think they made tonight with what you were trying to do defensively? They're fast. I mean, they're fast. They didn't give them a lot of time to throw the football, and they got after it, and I'm very proud of them. One more. You now get another revenge shot with the Detroit Lions on the road. As much as you celebrate this, that, that's coming quickly for this Sunday in the Motor City, right? Yeah, they were clicking on all cylinders against the Rams, and that's a tough place to play. It's going to be loud. It's going to be a raucous crowd. we got to be ready to go. One more, because there's a lot of the Buccaneer crew hearing us live tonight, hearing us later on the podcast. Any message for the loud Buccaneer crew that was out there tonight? I am so proud of everybody that showed up tonight and cheered them on and didn't let the Eagles fans get going, and it, it was a Buccaneer cheer throughout the ball game, and that's what we love to hear. Coach Todd Bowles, thank you. Congratulations. We will talk to you uh, prior to the game in Detroit. Deal? Deal. Love how that concluded with the coach. As I said to him, we're going we're gonna to do pregame coverage against the Lions, be in Detroit coming Sunday at 3 p.m., uh, Eastern time, we're on the air at 2 p.m. on Buccaneers Radio, all over the place on the radio network, the mobile app, uh, Sirius XM, NFL Plus, et cetera. Uh, it is a great feeling for Todd Bowles and company. He's the only coach in Buccaneer history to make the playoffs in each of his first two seasons. Uh, again, uh, Bruce Arians did not make the playoffs in year one. 
Uh, you go back to other, I mean, John Gruden made it the first year, won the Super Bowl, but did not make the playoffs in year two. Tony Dungy, a losing season in year one, but made it in year two. John McKay, uh, three losing seasons to start things, uh, but then uh, the worst of first Buccaneers. So Todd Bowles is the answer to the question. Playoffs in each of his first two seasons, and now a playoff victory for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a sixth playoff win now in this century. Kudos to the Buccaneers. Uh, sixth playoff win, excuse me, in this decade. You go back to the other playoff wins uh, at the beginning in uh, 2002, where you also won three playoff games. It's not been bad here for the Buccaneers. I know it was a long drought, but at least recently you're getting in the playoffs, you're winning games, and we look forward to this matchup uh, with the Lions that's coming up. Uh, let's hear a little more on the Hooters postgame show. Back inside the locker room after we talk with the coach, Cade Otten, who set a Buccaneer tight end record with eight receptions, uh, breaking Rob Gronkowski's tight end postseason record of six touchdown catches in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 55. Otten, eight catches. Should have had a ninth one. As I said, he would still be running if he had had that ninth one for a touchdown in the second half, but you'll take it. He played so well for the second-year guy out of Washington. Kate Otten right here uh, with us on the Hooters postgame show as well as Vita Vea off that Buccaneer defense and what they did to the Eagles. Let's uh, let's listen in right now to our postgame coverage late night, Monday night here. The quality of players we have in our locker room, the quality of people. Uh, the coaches, the whole entire organization. Uh, I think we're just we're set up to succeed, and then on the field we just have to do it. And you're, you're seeing it come together. Uh, it's not perfect, but we're going to keep working. You know, beyond you, beyond UK, I mean, you had Trey make a big play, Moore make a big play. You know, Chris and Mike always grab a lot of the headlines. But yeah. Just what did it mean to have everybody kind of contribute in this offensive effort? It's huge. You know, we we see them each and every day in practice. Uh, how explosive they are, talking about Trey and Demo, and uh, just to see them make those huge plays, it's, it's awesome. Everyone's so happy for them. And I think that's just the mentality of everyone on our team. We have no no egos. Like, everyone just wants our offense to succeed, our defense to succeed, special teams. Uh, it just makes it really fun to, to come to work and to get to play another week. I'm, I'm just so thankful. Kate, we're live here on Buccaneers Radio. You may have answered this already. You were featured a bunch. You've become the first Buccaneer tight end ever in the postseason with eight catches in a game. How about that? Why were you such an instrumental part of the offense as the game was going on? That's really cool. Um, but I'm, I'm just thinking of a couple I should have had. Uh, but um, Baker did a great job all night, just finding the open guy. Um, it was just a great, great job by our offensive line. We know we left some stuff out there. I'm just thinking about myself specifically, um, but but thankful we have another week to get those things right, to make those plays, and I, I know we're going to get better this week. Huge play in the game is the catch and run by Trey Palmer. That just seemed to lift this team from there on, right? Oh, my gosh, that man can run. He got to another gear there. Uh, just super impressed all year by our wide receiver group, the way they, they block, the way they make plays, um, and just Trey, Demo, Mike, Chris, they all just bring it every single week, and it's just fun to work with them. These are always great stats. Baker Mayfield's only the second quarterback to ever throw for 300 yards in a postseason game. You played with the other guy, Tom Brady. He did it three times. Baker tonight, can you say enough about his resolve, injured, hanging in there, making throws? He's unbelievable. Um, I've, I've said it before, but I feel like we as a team just take on his character, uh, just always competing, always has that fire, um, and 
you know, we're, you're seeing it come together. We're, we're getting better as far as executing. Um, but we're never out of the fight. We're always going to compete just like he does. And finally, this was revenge tonight against the Eagles. You get another crack at revenge with the Detroit Lions. I know you would play anybody, but you get a shot to go to Detroit now and stay alive here in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they got the, the better end of us in the beginning of the year, but we're a different team now. Um, we're just going to keep getting better. Uh, we're going to get to work this week. Keep, get better each and every day, and we're really looking forward to that matchup. Kate, thank you. Great plan. Thank you. There is Kate Otten with us live as the Hooters postgame show does roll on. We will keep it right here for the moment with some other players that are still talking to the media. Late night here on a Monday night win. How sweet it is to beat the Eagles for a third straight time in the postseason. Did it two years ago. Did it in the 2002 Super Bowl year as this team is able to get it done. Vita Vea is talking to the media. We will also listen in here to him. They killed us uh, the, the first time we played them, so, you know, we had to change some stuff up around to, you know, try to match up better for uh, this time around. You know, we're live here on Buccaneers Radio. We may have missed this earlier. What did this team do so well defensively to limit Philadelphia? Holy smokes. You're live? Yes. Damn. Glad you said Wait, smokes. Late. Is everybody else live? I'm not sure who else is, but, yeah, we're here with you. You got to ask the question again. So, uh, you guys – for the most part, held them in check. Why tonight as a defense? Uh, you know, we got a good game plan going into this week. So, uh, you know, we just took good coaching. Um, you know, I think all the coaches had a hand in it. And, uh, you know, we did a good job as a defense and as a team to, you know, sticking with the game plan and uh, trying to execute uh, to the best of our ability. Playoff win's always great. Is it sweeter to have beaten Philadelphia, who got you earlier in the year? Uh, it's always sweet. You know, I think uh, – uh, a lot of people wrote us off at the beginning of the season. Um, so it feels good to, you know, get a playoff win like this, um, especially with against a good team as, uh, in Philadelphia. Um, you know, they started off, they had a, a pretty damn well good season. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people picked the Eagles to win this. But, you know, I think we stuck together on this and we came together and stuck with the game plan and came up on top. And one more now. You get to go to Detroit now and have another chance at revenge coming this week. Sounds good, right? Yeah. I think we got to enjoy this little victory real quick for this short moment and then uh, get back on the, on the game plan and uh, take it from there. But can't get too ahead of ourselves. Uh, Detroit's a hell of a team. You know, they're on a roll. So uh, I think we got a tough one ahead of us. 32-9. to Tampa Bay Buccaneer victory over the Philadelphia Eagles once again eliminating Philadelphia in the postseason just as they did two years ago, just as 21 years ago. Closed down Veterans Stadium with Rondé Barber. Uh, you can't say enough about the playoff mojo this team has against the Eagles. Tremendous on Monday, but guess what, Buccaneer fans? We're not done with that. Now Now you get ready to play the Detroit Lions, who were a 24-23 to win a winner over the L.A. Rams on Sunday. That win is the first Lion playoff win in 32 years. So they are obviously sky high in the Motor City as we head up to Detroit for another rematch. Just like the Eagle regular season rematch, the Lions beat the Buccaneers in the creamsicle uniforms. That was not an aggressive Buccaneer defense that day. Not nearly as much with the Blitz and Jarrett Goff. Uh, Jared Goff picked the Bucs apart with time to throw. I believe that will be different on Sunday. You know what else will be different? The Buccaneers making plays at the end of the season on offense and uh, and really finding their stride under Dave Canales, the first-year offensive coordinator. Again, 
uh, it's not going to be easy to go on the road. But for everybody to say the Bucs don't have a chance to go win this game, they're already installed as like a six or a six and a half point underdog. And I'm sure people are going to say all week, oh, you know, the Buccaneers beat the damaged Eagles. They don't have a chance to win in Detroit. Guess what? This team likes that. Keep counting them out. Uh, disregarded after losing six of seven games in the regular season. But look who the six losses were to. The Eagles, a playoff team. San Francisco, the number one seed in the NFC. Detroit, the division winner. The number three team uh, in the seedings uh, of the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills, who win the division and go to the postseason and win a game. These are the games that you were losing. That's who you were losing to. It's not the Drecks of the NFL. You beat the teams you were supposed to beat at the end to give yourself a chance, and now you'll go play the Lions. It'll be hostile. It'll be loud. If you love the if you love the mojo, if you love the synergy, Buccaneers have one playoff meeting with Detroit in their history. It's a win over the Lions in the 1997 magical season. We mentioned Tony Dungy earlier. Dungy's Buccaneers with Allstott, Sapp, Brooks, Lynch, and company, 1997. Trent Dilfer at quarterback turned around all the losing misfortune, beat the uh, Lions on the wild card weekend. Give credit where it was due uh, that day. They were better than Barry Sanders and the Lions that day. Uh, Scott Mitchell got knocked out of the game. I still remember that. I remember Brad Culpepper riding around on the horse, the defensive tackle, the fireworks going off. All stop with the great clinching touchdown run. Mean Gene with the vintage call. That's the only meeting with the Lions in postseason history. And it's a win, Buccaneer fans. So we're thrilled to go up to Detroit one more time here in the postseason. Still alive. One of eight teams left playing football. The Buccaneers, with $72 million in dead cap money, unable to spend it, choosing to swallow the bitter pill this year. Uh, the Buccaneers, with a new offensive coordinator that it took some getting used to and some rhythm, and boy, has that kicked it up, uh, with a new quarterback in Baker Mayfield. How gutsy. What a redemption story. This guy, This guy won a playoff game in Cleveland. And he wasn't good enough to stick around in Cleveland. Okay, thank you for that. Thank you, Carolina Panthers, for outright releasing him. Thank you, L.A. Rams, for not wanting him back. The Buccaneers wanted him and took him. And he, along with the weapons you have on offense, dangerous team. Dangerous team as we head to Detroit and this matchup coming with the Lions. All right, we'll be on the air Sunday uh, with, uh, again, Ronnie Night Train Lane, Pat Donovan, uh, locally in the Tampa Bay area. That will be on a couple of hours before the game, actually two and a half hours before kick time at 12.30 Eastern time. They'll be on locally on 98 Rock. And then the full network pregame show begins at 2 Eastern time for Buccaneers Radio, the Buccaneers mobile app, Sirius XM, all of our radio affiliates, 2 p.m. from the Motor City, special start time, 3 p.m. is kickoff. Bucks at the Lions with Jared Goff and uh, David Montgomery and uh, and uh, Aiden Hutchinson and all the Detroit Lions. They're going to be jacked. It is going to be loud, but this is what it's all about with the playoffs. And if you go in, you play solid, you play smart, you play aggressive, this team's got a tremendous chance to win this game. Anything can happen in the postseason. I have said for weeks, just get in the postseason and anything can happen. Ask the Dallas Cowboys about can anything happen. Uh, ask the Philadelphia Eagles, who were 10-1, and one, can anything happen down the stretch of the season and your season unravel and you get drop-kicked in the wild-card weekend? It absolutely can happen, and the Bucs did that on, on Monday night. All right, Buck fans, enjoy the rest of this week. Get amped up. The game again with the Lions Sunday special start time. One more time, 3 p.m. The NFL making that start time. We're on the air with Buccaneers Radio on the network at 2 with the pregame coverage with Gene and Dave and me. 
uh, on the pregame coverage with Ronnie, with Pat Donovan, etc. We're looking forward to all of it in the Motor City. A shot at the NFC title game is on the line for the winner. And again, thank you to Jason Berenger, John Mamola, everybody at iHeartRadio, giving me all the highlights, giving me all the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. We can't wait. For the Bucks of the Lions, that is coming Sunday. And whatever happens, and hopefully I'm talking for a long time next week about a Buccaneer win in the NFC title game. It's a date. Let's do it. We'll be back after it's over with, after the Sunday game in Detroit, right here on Nothing But Bucks.